and welcome to World Radio Day London at SOAS, organized by SOAS Radio in collaboration with Communication for Development. Today we're here with Vanessa Tsehaye. Vanessa is a student at SOAS. She is a Swedish Eritrean human rights activist and founder of One Day Seum, a youth-led organization that campaigns for the release of unjustly imprisoned people in Eritrea, including her uncle and journalist Seyum Sehaye, whom the organization is named after. One Day Seyum also advocates for wider reforms in the country and in support of persecuted Eritreans everywhere. Sehaye is a 22-year-old law student at SOAS University of London. Hi! Hello! Tell us about your campaign, like how did it start? I read that like your uncle was imprisoned back in 2001 and you officially started the campaign in 2013. Um, so I'm Eritrean in origin but I was born in Sweden and growing up my mom whose brother is the one who's in prison uh, always told me about her brother, um, the fact that he was in prison, the fact that he never received a trial um, which for me was like completely um, like ridiculous as a Swedish student like as a five six year old going into education understanding like basic concepts of like right and wrong for me it was just like completely um, ridiculous that my uncle was in prison without a trial um, but I didn't understand like the wider circumstances of his arrest or the fact that he'd been in prison for so long for me he was just like oh my uncle has been imprisoned um, and I would always like talk about it like try to do like smaller things at school and stuff but then when I started school uh, or high school um, me and my best friend well I told my best friend I was like my uncle's been in prison now for almost I think at that time it was 13 years um, and I think it's time for us to do something or 12 no, I don't remember 13 years I think it was um, but it's time for us to like try to do something and she was like I'm on it um, so in that summer uh, we decided to start the organization um, to fight for his release um, to become like a voice uh, not only for him but for the people that he wanted and tried to be a voice for so in advocating for his release we're also trying to advocate for the people that he would have been advocating for which is the Eritrean people. I also heard that when I was looking at the website like there were a lot of radio journalists mm. in particular and reporters who were imprisoned or forcibly disappeared by the Eritrean regime. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the kind of work they were doing and also the kind of work that your uncle was doing? So, um, in Eritrea right now, it's the only country in Africa without any kind of independent press uh, in, from like being broadcasted from the country. There's a few radio stations based uh, in the diaspora. There's Radio Erna, which is a huge radio station based in Paris that has been broadcasting into Eritrea for a very long time. And it's been seen as like a lifeline for like you know, in not in terms of information being being you know distributed in, in the country, but also for people to like call in and voice their concerns. Um, and then there's in the country we have, for example, Radio Hafash, which is like a state-provided radio station, Radio Bana, which is like a cultural radio program. Um, and what's happened in the recent years, following especially 2008, is that a lot of uh, journalists from the public stations, from the actual state-run radio stations, have been imprisoned. Um, and if you go back to my uncle, um, who was in prison in 2001, he was a freelance journalist who was working um, not only as a photographer but also like as a writing, um, like pub publishing work in the country. And the other journalist that he was imprisoned with, he wasn't the only one. He, he was one out of ten journalists. Um, were all writing for private newspapers and following their uh, well 
on the 18th of September, they shut down the free press, and following the shutdown of the press, they started imprisoning journalists and politicians um, after that. So the whole like attack from the state has been against the independent press. But lately, as their like grip of the Eritrean people have become like stronger, um, even journalists from the pub, like from the public stations, from the state-driven radio stations specifically, um, actually only I think not not any that I know of from the from the TV stations and the uh, papers, but particularly from the radio stations have been imprisoned. Some have been released, but a lot of them remain um, incarcerated. We also recently saw you on Eritrean television, which is an independent TV network operating from London and it's one of the two major independent media houses now that are broadcast in Eritrea so that sounds pretty amazing like can you tell us a bit yeah, more? Yeah no. so yeah. like I said like it's the only country in Africa that hasn't any, doesn't have any independent press and TV is a huge part of it because a lot of people in Eritrea have access to tele like not a lot of people now I'm exaggerating but in the capital city people do watch TV and they get a lot of their information from TV station from state driven TV station um they watch a lot of like dramas that are broadcasted on the station, but they don't have access to an independent Eritrean TV station. So there's two, um, Asana TV, and then there's another one um, that was started like around the same time. And this is the first time ever that we're having TV stations being broadcasted into Eritrea that are completely independent. Um, independent from the Eritrean government, but not obviously independent because they have their own affiliations and stuff, but they are independent in the sense that they're not state propaganda being broadcasted using TV as a media. Um, to the people, which is huge. It's huge because information isn't just what people um, can find out, like facts and statistics, but it's perspectives. It's the fact that, for example, me, like as a young Eritrean on Eritrean state television, young Eritreans in Eritrea, or just people in Eritrea in general, will see a lot of um, young Eritrean diasporas who will like advocate for the Eritrean government. They'll see them participating in like government events, in government parties, government campaigns, all of this. And their picture of all of this is that, well, the Eritrean diaspora support the Eritrean government. We've been betrayed by our own people. Um, and by providing a platform like this, like I gave like a one hour interview in my like broken ticketing out, which is like, I was doing my best, but I was also trying to show that like, well, as an Eritrean diaspora, young person who was like born and raised outside of the country, like you're my main priority. And I think giving that kind of hope to young people and people in general is like vital, especially in terms of like so encouraging them to do something so that they know that there's support coming from outside. That sounds quite cool. But in terms of like, because naturally then mass media becomes that place from where you fight back yeah. and you spread more information. Mm. But when you started out like in 2013, were there models for the kind of stuff that you were looking to do? Because you've done some pretty amazing work with a lot of multimedia for this campaign. In terms of models, like I'd been doing so before I started high school in elementary school I was a part of like the Amnesty like local school group it just happened to be that we were really active and like the president and like I wasn't on the board or anything I think we were like everyone was on the board um, so we were like four or five people but then I was and I was just like helping out but we were doing it for three years we were so active they said that we were the most active and like young youngest most active group in Sweden at the time and they trained us they gave us campaigns they gave us like a very cl clear instructions on how to run a campaign using the platform that you have and for us the platform was the school and our audience were the students so that was kind of my model that I used when I was starting it at my high school I was like well the platform is like what I have now and my, my audience is the students at the high school that I was at in Sweden based off that model I 
like you sat there and media became a very natural like next step for me to take and I I didn't understand that I wouldn't call myself like a journalist per se because it's not like my actual profession but I've written a lot of work a lot of like articles for a lot of different publications international and Swedish and it started very early because that is one of the best ways to reach out to people using mass media so it was like the campaigning model was based off the one that I learned from Amnesty at school but then media like naturally became a part of our advocacy because without the media I mean you can't reach as many people and that's why obviously governments always restrict it and you know try to prohibit it because they know the power of that platform or those platforms. So from your community of people that the campaign has reached out to but also um, through media houses like Eritrean television have you heard back on the campaign like how has engagement been through these platforms with your campaign but also in general in terms of spreading information when i started out in 2013 it was a lot like based in sweden and like my dream has always been to like get like an eritrean movement based of like young young eritreans demanding change for our own country because like like even if we're diaspora like we need to acknowledge our role in that so like we're not Eritreans in the same way that Eritreans born and raised in the country are but we are Eritreans in the way that we have a responsibility to Eritreans in the country so my dream has always been to like people to like understand that responsibility and like wake up and like get engaged but early on and still now like we have a lot of non-Eritreans because it's a movement for like human rights it's not like a nationalistic like liberation front or whatever it's literally like a movement demanding like change for like young like people in the country so in the beginning it was a lot of Swedish people a lot of Swedish people like in the country and then as like I was expanding to more and more countries it was more and more like non-Swedish but still non-Eritreans and lately like the past maybe like two or three years and particularly last year we've been getting like a huge influx of like young Eritreans diasporas who like they're like we didn't know this kind of thing existed like only today I had like three people who messaged me being like we had no idea this exists we want to join we, we want like we want to be a part of this and i think part of it is that last year peace was declared between Eritrea and Ethiopia and basically Eritrea and Ethiopia has been a, like at a no war no peace situation since they shut down the free press and since they imprisoned my uncle and the other journalists and politicians and that has been used as an excuse and a lot of people have been believing that and even when they don't fully support the government they'll say well i mean yeah it's bad but like they're actually like at war with this, with like this huge country Ethiopia is a big big country compared to Eritrea i mean compared to a lot of countries and because they're at war we can't have human rights and stuff like that so like it was a bullshit excuse and like i saw through it everyone saw through it but then the summer when peace was declared and nothing changed in the country um i was like okay it's time so i was like i was posting lots of things i was like appearing in media like t- tv i was writing stuff in, in newspapers and based on like that exposure like a lot of Eritreans started getting involved um and we get messages all the time and like it's just a matter of like mobilizing them and there's like there's a difference obviously between people who like want to get involved and like are actually getting involved but at this stage it's just about about like gathering as many people as possible who like actually oppose the government regardless if you're Eritrean or non-Eritrean and then building upon that and like creating a movement like based on those people but it's growing and it's like fantastic that's great so what's next like what kind of actions has the campaign got going and um, how can people reach out to you um so in terms of what's next it was literally so many new people who were like we want to get involved we didn't have the structure like in the organization to like get new. it was mostly like me being guys were doing this and then like everyone who was a part of it would be like okay cool I'll do that I'll do that so we changed the structure so we now have four teams working on like four different like 
like aspects of our work um, and they all have like loads of different projects right now we're doing one team is like lobbying and policy um, and legal stuff the other one is social media third one is outreach and the fourth one is campaign and events so we have quite a few like video series that we're planning. One of them is called The Stories. And we basically interview um, people who have family members or friends or colleagues who are imprisoned in Eritrea and like their perspective. And we posted our first episode in December. And like I think our page had maybe like 3,000 followers or something. And we got like 5,500 like in one day. Like so many people watched it. I think 280,000 people watched it in like a week. So, so many people have been watching it and based on that, like, awareness has been raised. So we're like, okay, let's stick with this format. And we're doing more episodes on that. We're doing um, other video series. We're doing a campaign uh, with ambassadors in different schools around the world. We're having an ambassador campaign where we recruit more ambassadors, which is basically like members, but like active members. Um, what else? We're making a documentary. Um, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, we're, we're filing legal cases with the African court. Yeah, we're doing quite a lot of different things. But if you want to get involved, um, you can just contact us on any social media or if you prefer email you can just write info or vanessa at onedaystudent.com I'm also the campaigns officer for the students union and I've started an initiative called A World on Fire where we're trying to bring burning issues to SOAS um, to not only give them a platform but to inform SOAS students about them give them the knowledge that they need um, to get involved and meaningfully like get involved with these issues and also we provide trainings and support for any campaigns or events that you want to have here at SOAS so if you want to get involved with that please email campaigns at soas.ac.uk okay that's great thanks a lot for joining us today and we wish you all the luck with the campaign with everything ahead this is just this is incredible work that you're doing thank you so much